0: Man, I wish when I got my first job um, out of high school being a custodian, if I was just taking some of that paycheck and investing at 18, you know, 17, 18 years old to now, 10 years later, uh, that would have been phenomenal. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. What job, It's all about time and how early you start and just, you know, learning the process that that would be my biggest biggest thing
1: yeah i agree educate yourself early and then start investing as soon as possible
2: you're listening to the millionaires unveiled podcast where you'll hear the stories and interviews of everyday millionaires we'll unveil their decisions their strategies and their current portfolio allocation now to your hosts clark sheffield and jace mattinson Welcome to the Millionaire's Unveiled Podcast. This is episode number 190. Clark, we're getting pretty close to 200. I can't wait for our 200 millionaire coming up here on, on episode 200.
3: Yep, yep, exactly. Exactly. Talking 200, we we're just talking uh, used cars.
2: Pretty crazy market right now, right? Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, the between the pandemic, causing shortages and all sorts of things, especially the chips that, that go on some of these new vehicles. Anyone that I've talked to that's either been in the market for a new car or has bought a new car recently, everything was delayed for in, any of the new cars. And on the used cars, it's been almost to what it has been with the houses where it's been like almost a bidding war or a fastest they can get there and buy it and pay cash and move on. It's getting pretty crazy.
3: Yeah. I spoke to a friend who said they bought a car, I think over a year ago now. And, and he's like, look, we, we can't find, I think they spent 22 or 25 or something. And, and he said, We can't find anything under 30 now. I mean, we could sell this car, we put miles on it, we could sell this car that we bought a year ago and make $3,000, $4,000, $5,000. So wh- what's driving it? Is it just a chip shortage? I, I think it's a bunch of different Obviously, things. People I mean, buying more with yeah. COVID and everything, too.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's more more stimulus money, right? More things in the market. I think you had a ripple effects, right? A lot of people were at home. It was like, man, I want to go do something. So then it's like, well, I'm still working. Well, let's look, freaking go buy a new car, or let's sell a car and get a different one, or you know. And then you had the just general supply and demand for these things in general, and then you had. All the supply shortages and issues in all sorts of different sectors, I think, that have played into this. Uh, I read an article a little bit ago about a couple of different plants that, you know, they just got four trucks just sitting in lots waiting for their chip to get input or in, or uh, in, installed. Mm-hmm so that they can go to the dealer lot and be sold. But right now they're just sitting in lots and my brother-in-law had an issue. He bought a new uh, SUV and it was super delayed waiting on its chip. So I think there's a lot of that out there. And then because of that, you know, trickles down into the used car market, which is probably why some of these used car prices have gone up a little bit. Same thing that kind of happened with bikes in the middle of the pandemic. You know, I had a I had a bike that I hadn't really ridden in quite a few years. I was saying, my wife's like, "Yeah, you got to get rid of that." And I never did. Pandemic hit. I was like, "Dude, I'm selling this thing." I had fifty some offers in one day. People were trying to pay wow. more than I was asking for it and stuff. Trying to get bikes because you couldn't get them anywhere else. And this is a bike that I bought, you know, in like their mid two thousands. So I that's that's happening with cars. I mean, it's just all sorts of different things that that we're seeing price inflation because I think supply and demand economics did a lot of people. Maybe we took a co- college class or a high school class and now we're like living it. We don't really think much about it and, and now we're living yeah. it.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this article says, not a great time to buy. Used car prices skyrocket with low inventory. According to, what, cardriver.com, nationally used car prices are currently up an average of 15% compared to the spring of 2020.
2: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I totally believe it. I mean, I'm, I'm selling two cars right now. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. I, I just bought one we had an upgrade, we're having another child. So we needed to kind of get to that next car level, have a third row. So I'm selling that one. I'm selling my old car. It's crazy. I mean, we're kind of getting them all ready, but it's, it's like, I've got the things basically sold already at, at, at a great price. I thought, you know, more than I thought I'd ever get for them. So it's yeah, definitely playing yeah. out. So last week's episode, we had Jonathan just at under $3 million net worth. And this week we have Brian and Amy and their net worth is just over $500,000. We talked to them about their journey. They're super young, really gung ho. We get into their story a little bit on their journey in March to a million, which they'll probably get there in the next two years or less. I would think they're real dedicated. Got A great story. I haven't had a husband and a wife on in a long time, so really, really excited to talk to them about their story. You know, Clark, let's talk real estate right now. Everybody knows it's pretty hot. We're always looking for deals. If you've got one, bring it to us. We're definitely willing to pay a finder's fee. Also looking for new investors. If you're interested in, in investing as well, looking at mainly multifamily and commercial, but if you got a deal, we'll take a look at it. You know, if it's in another sector, we do have a little bit of experience in, in some, uh, mobile home parks and also some storage a, as well. So looking at all sectors right now where we can get the best deal return. You know, it's, it's, it's a different market, interesting market out there, but there's definitely still deals to be had. I want to get into uh, reading a review here real quick that we received a a couple weeks ago. You know, we continue to get great reviews. Really appreciate you listeners and our millionaires that come on this show. Obviously, wouldn't happen without y'all. This one is from Davo1466. Think and grow rich for the 21st century. Napoleon Hill many years ago interviewed millionaires to find common threads. and Millionaires Unveiled, you actually get to hear them Their own voice or them voice their own stories. Each episode contains valuable. Golden nuggets of wisdom. Listen, learn, and be inspired to create your own money success story. Really appreciate that interview. You know what, Clark and I have set out to do with this podcast has really come to fruition. You know, we're going in what three and a half years now. It's been a really fun journey, and definitely really appreciate uh, those that have left reviews. And there's been a couple that have been asking for for some more women, and I got to tell you, we we put it out there. We've got a bunch more coming on the show, so there's definitely some more in the pipeline. Really excited to, to launch those. You even have a, a female-owned business owner coming up uh, down the road and a couple others. So if you're interested in being on the podcast, reach out to us at, millionairesunveiled at gmail.com. Also, if you want to talk to a millionaire, uh, go to our website, www.millionairesunveiled.com, and you can voice in a, a question uh, if you'd like to have it recorded or, an, or answered on the show live with a millionaire. And without any further delay, let's get into the episode today with Brian and Amy. Brian and Amy, do you want to just give us a little about your background and what you're up to now?
0: Yeah, no problem. Um, yep, so I'm Brian and um, so I'm working professionally for five or four years, I'm 28 years old and going on to 29 and uh, you know, working architecture field and just uh, really digging into um, financial freedom, especially since COVID started. It really was kind of a foreign language to me. Um uh, we're really looking into my personal finances, and it was kind of just going through the motions. And then when I was really digging into a lot of this stuff, um I realized it's not that hard, and you really it's just all about saving, investing, and then decreasing your expenses. And it could really change a lot and change your life.
1: And then I'm Amy. I work as an audit manager for an accounting firm. I've been working since January of twenty fourteen. Actually turned thirty um, in October, and a little bit of my financial background is more like I had a father who was really pushed saving, um, so it turned me into you know a penny pincher and a saver as well, um, and it really encouraged me to start like investing in my personal Roth IRA early on. So for me, it was just having a good foundation of like a supporting family um, that helped me out financially.
4: That's awesome. And, and the net worth today is sitting where? So the, our net worth
0: is sitting at four hundred and fifty-five. Thousand about, and that's, um, so about 225,000 is, um, cash stocks, 401ks, IRAs, and, and then the rest of it is in our house. Um, so yeah, overall 450, 455,000.
4: So let's, let's dive into the, the breakup a little bit. So how much do you have exactly in the, in the home equity there?
0: So in the home equity, well, I actually, I could tell you how much we owe about 85,000 the house is worth about 314,000 and then yeah like, yeah like i said the rest of our money is um, cash oh, actually about 47,000 in cash with 39,000 of that being savings, 6,000 checking, another couple thousand in HSAs and then um, the rest of the stuff going is just divided between Roth IRAs, taxable accounts and um 401k's. We're going to get into that in a second but You've got
4: quite a bit of home equity. So aggressively been paying down or do you have a big down payment or what's the
0: story on that? So we did have, uh, yeah, we were fortunate to have a, a big um, down payment. And, and um, I mean, Amy could speak to this a little bit too, yeah. how our apartment.
1: Right. So, I mean, I, I had a bulk of the savings going in. So we did an $80,000 down payment. Um, so it was a big down payment. And then we have been tackling our home mortgage because that's kind of our priority is to pay that down.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, um, when we were living uh, in the North Texas area, I mean, we were living in a 488 square foot apartment, you know, just, you don't have to have the nicest stuff or nicest, you know, fresh out of college. A lot of people, I see a lot of people um, get the high upscale apartment. Doesn't need to be like that. We kind of had a vision from the get go of, you know, we want to get a house. Um so just rent is not a bad thing. Rent is only temporary and you can be saving a lot of money while while you're renting and, and that's kinda of what we were doing and we went to that big we wanted that twenty percent down payment, we didn't want the PMI. Um and that has saved us tremendously in terms of um just being able to pay aggressively on that. So how long ago did you buy the house then? So twenty seventeen of November. Oh, wow. So y'all are going to have that paid off in what, another year, year and a half? Yeah. Worst case scenario, we're projecting three years. Um, hopefully the, the best case we want to get it in at least two, two years, years. pay down mm-hmm. the, the 85 that we owe. And we, we're always, my philosophy or our philosophy is never pay the minimum, whether that's $50 more, $100 more, never pay the minimum. And we always try to save up an extra amount on our side, um, You know, take X amount of our paycheck save that, and then every six months or so, drop a big payment that we can. Unfortunately, we can do that and might as well do it. Yeah, no, that's pretty remarkable. So when you get the house paid off, then what? Really increase that savings rate even more. For me, like I said, the past six months, really been learning about all this investing stuff and realizing, man, uh, if I don't have this house payment, I could we could just really be Putting all this money and investments. Yeah. Yeah. And just getting massive, just time in the market and really be growing that net worth that we have a good foundation. And I feel like, man, we kind of set ourselves up well. Let's let's see where we go from here. Five years ago or
4: so, it was paying off the house and and having a debt-free house. Was that really the
0: goal before you even bought the house? So uh, let's see. Let me step back. I guess the initial goal, goal, as soon as we got married, was um, so. Uh, fortunately, Amy didn't have any student loans. I, I did. I graduated with uh, um, forty thousand in student loans. So initially, that was first thing: let's get rid of the student loans as fast as we can. And we were both we met in college as RAs. So just a side blurb to anyone out there, if. There's an RA posting at your college, do it. that saves a tremendous amount free of money. Room and board. <laughs> free room and board, free meal plan. and I cannot tell you how much that's benefited our lives after college. Um, so yeah, that was the initial goal. Hey, pay off these student loans and then let's let's start um, we were in a, about a year, year and a half in that apartment. just let's start saving up you know X amount, a thousand dollars from our paycheck. Um, every two weeks, um, and let's just put in a savings account, put in savings and try to reach that goal, you know, and just um, go from there.
1: And my personality, too, is like I don't want any debt. So the idea of having you know two hundred and thirteen thousand dollars in debt, like whatever we started with after our down payment was it is just scary to me. Um, and I just think, yeah, all that money could be going somewhere else instead of paying interest. Um, so a lot of that was just paying down the debt is was a big focus for me personally.
4: Yeah. No, interesting. It's, it's an interesting topic and something Clark and I have have discussed rather lengthly recently, mainly because a majority of our millionaires have chosen not to pay off their house. And and that's been an interesting discussion with them. Why or why not? But those that haven't have been those that are, I guess, I wouldn't say older millionaires, but those that, that have achieved that status later, the ones that are younger for the most part, have either chosen to keep a very low mortgage balance or, like y'all, get to the point where it is paid off, you know, at a super early age. So it'd be interesting to see, obviously y'all are super young how this plays out, you know, as you continue to to pay this down and then going forward, you like you said, you'll be able to be putting all that to investments or lifestyle or whatever you want. So let's break down the the money you've got invested in, in retirement accounts is that stocks, bonds, equity, or uh, mutual funds? What's the breakup there?
0: Yeah, so um, a lot of it um, is stocks. Uh, we have about a hundred and yeah, about one hundred and forty five thousand in stocks, about which makes up about eighty percent of our retirement, and then fifteen percent in bonds, about twenty nine thirty thousand, and then three percent in alternative, you know, REITs, and then two percent in, in cash. Um, and that's, that's just all from our, um, Vanguard accounts. And most of it is, man, we got quite a bit of index funds, um, and some actively managed funds. Um, so when I started digging into all of this and learning about the, you know, the, I guess you'd say the power of the index fund and just how simple it can be. So a lot of it is VTSAX and then we have some growth index funds. Um, a few of the actively managed that, that Amy kind of carried over from she was investing a yeah. lot earlier than I was, which uh, that's my biggest regret is learning about this just now and not maybe seven or eight years ago.
1: I was investing early, but it was in the and Wellington Fund, which is more like a 40% bond, 60% stock. And after Brian started doing a lot of research, I've switched that over to be more more stock weighted.
4: Interesting. So, Amy, you started investing much earlier. Was that in college or was it just right after college when you got your first job?
1: It was during college. I want to say maybe my junior and senior year of college, but then, you know, continuing it on whenever I started work. So kind of around that, I think it was around that middle time frame.
4: Yeah. And was that that something that you had discussed with your parents or friends or, or college professors or what drove the interest there when you were that young?
1: Honestly, it was it was my father. Him being a big saver and knowing, you know, the power of time when you invest it in your retirement is why I invested so early. You know, he was the one who was pushing me, like, invest, you know, put down the $6,000 um, each year into your Roth IRA account. So,
4: I mean, you're 19, 20, 21 years old or whatever, let's call it. Your father's telling you this. Mm-hmm. I mean, most kids... Hey, what they're thinking about beer money, right? Or or, or the next party? <laughs> How did you have the discipline to to go ahead and do that? With I mean, most kids at that age, like they're not going to take their parents' advice, right?
1: Man, I don't know. I I think my dad was just so cheap and so frugal growing up that that just turned me into that same person. So honestly, I I the thought of like spending money on beer, just like you know, spending out on a shopping spree, was not my priority even at a younger age. So maybe I was just brainwashed so early on, but. It turned out to be in my favor.
4: Yeah, no, it's interesting. So, uh, Brian, when you all were, were, were dating and, and about to get married, and you start learning and digging into the finances, what were those conver- conversations like when you oh, when man. you started?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it was one um, man. You, uh, hey, Brian, you got a lot of student loans there. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, I was like, well, you know, I was on. I had to be on some grants, but I had to take out, you know, financial aid and loans because. You know, all this investing, five five 529 plans, and this was just all a complete foreign language to me, to be honest. And then when we married, even, you know, a couple years into our marriage, I knew Amy had stock accounts and a Roth IRA, and, and uh, I thought I had one. Um, I had set something up similar, and I kid you not, I was giving um, $55.55 to what I quote unquote thought was my Roth IRA in Vanguard for two years, and I'm kind of going through the motions thinking... Hey, why isn't my my money growing like, like yours, Amy? You know, what's really going on? And I was kind of always in the background and never really dug into it. And when I finally you know, sat down and really COVID kind of slowed time for everybody, and I sat down and looked at this, I said, I, I was just giving $55.55 to a money market account. I wasn't going, I didn't know about small cap, large cap, index. I mean, it, it's like someone finding Christ for the first time and <laughs> they can't stop reading the Bible or whatnot. But, um, so that's, that's how it happened for me. And then once I, I learned about that, I said, wow, so, okay, Amy, this is why it's, it's years has grown to what it is now. And, you know, so yeah, that, that's kind of my background on that area.
4: So you, you've built up this great portfolio. You've got the debt pay down. You're going to be two, three years out, max paying down the rest of the house. What are some of the long-term goals and, and strategies that you all are putting into play, you know, for your forties or fifties or even sixties?
0: So for us right now, it's just, um, long-term wise, it's once that house is paid down and or paid off, it's really upgrading that, that savings rate. And we want to be, I mean, we want to be retired, um, you know, 40, 45, you know, uh, um, I think finding out about financial independence, retire early and just the, you know, we're not we're not made to just be behind a computer screen for <laughs> uh, years on end until you're 65, 70 years old. Um, so, yeah, long-term goal is to be retired around 40 or 45. And when you say retired, does that mean completely
4: walk away from any type of corporate profession? Or do you have a side hustle or, or some other type of profession that you'd like to go into later?
0: Uh, th- that retired, for at least for me, it's just, um, you know, now now the world's at your fingertips. It's now... You know, you're not you're not tied down to a job that you, you have to get that income. You know, you have to do X, Y, and Z. It's what now? Now you have the whole world. You, you, there's so much that um, you know. It's I don't know what I don't know now. And I can kind of restart and reset and and take on the next chapter in my life.
1: Yeah, I don't really have a passion project. I mean, I like crafting, but it's not something that I want to do to make money. Um, so honestly, after we retire, it'll probably figure out what our, like, passion project is and invest, you know, our time in that
0: instead of working behind a computer.
4: And, and is there a, a, a net worth goal or, or
0: passive income goal that you're trying to reach for that? Uh, well, right now, it's kind of the short term. It's, you know, reach a million dollars. Can we reach a million dollars in is net worth? that what our
1: FI number is?
0: Well, when I calculated it, I think it was 1.2 million. Um, but, yeah, just... For now, it's just you know, reach a million, and then see where we can go from there, and then you know, set the next goal.
1: Yeah, see so, what our priorities are whenever we do reach that, and see how they change, and and then focus on the next goal.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of where we're where we're at, just with obviously this very first goal. Let's get this house paid off. Let's get this out of the way. Let's increase that savings rate, and let's reach that million dollar net worth, and then let's see if we can get that one point two. Maybe it'll go up from there. I don't know.
4: Interesting. So. As as you move forward, is this you know? I know y'all had mentioned that you've started a YouTube channel. Do you share these kinds of things with with friends and family? Do they know of your level of success so far?
1: That's kind of a tough way to answer it. So there are some friends that have also, due to COVID, kind of gotten into FI, and you know, we were, after the whole physical distancing kind of goes away, we want to meet up and talk more about it with our family. I know you know Brian puts in plugs and talks about. You know, financials with my family, with his family. I, would you say you get a lot of interest back, or?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I'm starting to find out at least across my own family, people just don't know, or, or you know, when when you mention the stock market, it's uh, it's always kind of uh, something scary to talk about, or at least for me, it was you know over my head and there's a lot of big terms and talking with my own my own family on that same deal it's the same sort of reactions
1: so um, we talk about it with family but i don't think we get a lot of traction or they don't have the same passion that goes behind it to do the research and really look more into it it's more like oh interesting
0: yeah and then and another thing it's like i, I kind of feel being so young it's well you know oh yeah what do He's you know about guy, money? <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> this young guy telling me what to do
0: yeah
4: no that's interesting so you, you both mentioned you your families and your upbringing just maybe for our listeners, set some light on on how that played a role in in where you are today, or maybe even seeing the mistakes of others have have you know cautioned you against making or or doing, and develop the habits that have, have created y'all to be so successful today.
1: For sure. So for me, invest early. Honestly, time is on your side with compound interest. So that's kind of my big plug. I think. A regret that I kind of have, and Brian and I have discussed this, where we've maybe financially kind of tripped over the past. I know for me, it would be spending money on a wedding when it could have been a lot smaller and just, I guess, wasn't really a priority in my life. Being married is, yes, um, but I was kind of being told, you know, you're only going to get married once. You should really enjoy this time. Um, looking back on it, I know, it, you know, having a big wedding and inviting a lot of people probably wasn't a big focus for me, and it still isn't. So, I think that's something that I would think more about if I could turn back time and change things.
0: Yeah. And for me, kind of, you talked about those habits and that upbringing. I guess um, I I would attribute a lot of it to my mom, who was, you know, my mom raised a single-family household, and she raised me on on her own. And, um, you know, not... doesn't know about investing or whatnot, but can turn a penny into a dollar in terms of saving and always, you know, just kind of being real frugal. So, kind of taking those, seeing that, and then also knowing, well, I also want to have something in retirement because um, you know my uh, my mom doesn't necessarily have that. Uh, I don't want to just keep on working, keep on working, and spinning the wheels. So, uh, I got to see the other the other side of it. It's one thing to be frugal, but then you know, what are we doing more to it? And that's kind of. That, that's what's interested in me um and then in terms of things maybe i kind of regret on buying i guess it would be for me a little bit too much house uh you know obviously yeah. we're, we're attacking that house payment um because
1: we're already in it you know yeah but yeah, looking but, back on it we probably could have gotten a smaller house so we have 2400 square feet and right now we just have one newborn but I know they probably don't build small houses anymore, but it just maybe we should have gone a different route or gone cheaper home wise.
0: Is that a regret at all? It, it's a little bit. I mean, I, I, I don't get me wrong. I love the home and I love where we're at. But um, yeah, I guess for me, it's a little bit of, of a regret where we could have you know, paid maybe $100,000 less and maybe possibly be paid off by now. And But, you know, um, you live and you learn and you make the best out of it, at least in my opinion. And you feel the same way?
1: I do. Yeah, now that we've kind of done a lot of research and do financial independence, just knowing that having a big home probably isn't it is nice. Like, you know, whenever we were living in apartment, we had an annoying neighbor downstairs that would play music really loud all the time. So it's it's we love the idea of being in a home and we like being in a home, but financially wise, it would be nice to maybe be in something smaller and invest that money in experiences or investments. So I agree with Brian. Looking back on it,
4: yeah. So why not go and sell it now and buy something smaller?
0: Well, I, I would I'd have to say that with our newborn being as close as we are to paying it off, yeah. <laughs> it, it's kind of like you know we're, we're set out to do this. We did it. Let's 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 just reach paying it off and see what happens from there, and maybe sell it um, later on, but. Um, would be honestly would mean so close to paying it off that's what we yeah that's our main goal to just we just, just do, do that our mind. <laughs> yeah we definitely no. down the line probably
1: look more into it
0: yeah no i mean it's interesting right like you say it's
4: like hey we we want to do something different but then like the mindset of like actually change it's it's a lot right like pick up a move yes. change everything you're so close to the finish line so even though it's a regret i think it's important for our listeners to hear that sometimes just because you're able to change Maybe the scenario you're not going to for a lot of other logical reasons, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
4: So I want to move into to some rapid fire questions uh, with with the two of y'all. What what's the most expensive pair of pants
0: that you've ever purchased? For me, maybe sixty dollars.
1: For me, maybe forty. I I don't know. I like honestly, I have pairs of jeans that I've had for like seven or eight years. So
0: what about shoes? <laughs> Shoes, I think I bought some work shoes on a gift card for $140. That was the most ever on a gift card and most that I ever paid myself, 110 For me,
1: maybe 60
0: <laughs> Dang, got some frugalites over here. A little What about meal out? Uh, oh, now meal out, I do got to speak to this one. Because um, when we were first dating, oh, yeah. yeah, when we were first dating, you know, I'm trying to woo her over, do whatever I can, and uh, I used some of my loan money. She was already kind of working in <laughs> an internship, and I said, you know, if this is going to work out with, with this girl, I'm going to have to go all out and just do whatever I can and pick the most expensive restaurant I can find. Um, so the most expensive meal out was $220, and that was when I was a college student.
1: $200 meal, $20 tip for two people.
0: <laughs> Dang, where'd you go? Uh, so that was a... Um, it
1: was called Hotel St. Germain in downtown.
0: Yeah, and they, they come out with this it was, five, yeah, five six-course meal. I'm
1: pretty sure it was seven-course meals. You had like seven forks, seven knives, and men had to keep their jackets on during dinner. So it was honestly, for us being like straight out of college me doing my internship it was a different world for us
0: <laughs> yeah it was i felt like it was the titanic i kid you not i yeah. uh, dropped a Brussels sprout oh while my the, gosh while the guy was that was so embarrassing delivering food and stepped on it and it, i felt pretty out of place but um hey we're here now and uh, we're married and I, I guess it worked it was a good investment yeah
4: yeah that's right it was an investment at the time you can't look at it like an <laughs> yeah. expense right yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hey, I've got a, I've got a similar story like that too. When I was dating my wife, it's kind of funny. But so, what was the what what's been the most
0: expensive since you've been married? I guess. Mm. Oh, uh, I think a hundred and fifty. One what is t- that? W- at one time, we were in Washington D.C.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. So, hundred and fifty at a at a nice restaurant in D.C. There you but, go. It, you know, we're very much experienced people too. So, whenever we're traveling or something else, we don't hold back.
4: Yeah, Yeah. totally. So let's, let's jump into that. What, what is worth spending money to y'all?
0: It's, it's traveling, it's experiences, just another side bit, you know, our honeymoon, uh, my, my dad, he had gave, he gave me a Rolex and I'm not a material person. And, you know, I asked him, Hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm gonna sell this. Can I sell this? <laughs> and uh, I want to use the money on the honeymoon. And, and we—that's what I did. I went on my lunch break, sold it. I—I couldn't believe the amount of money they give you for a watch. It yeah. just tells time. And and then I we use that um, to travel um, to
1: Beijing, Seoul, and Tokyo for a honeymoon, and it was. On it. it was awesome. I mean, we would do it again. Yeah, Drop so, that money to go travel again.
0: So, I mean, yeah, it's definitely experiences and, and traveling. And, and now with the newborn, it's spending time with him and wanting to show him um, what, we, what we've we been fortunate to see in the yeah. world.
4: Yeah, totally. When you, when
0: you travel, do
4: you, you stay in, in nicer places or do you try to travel pretty frugal? Well,
0: yeah, let's I would say frugal, frugal. mostly all Airbnbs Yeah, um, and trying – you know, it's just a place to rest your head at night and, and then walking out and touring and enjoying, enjoying the city. So, yeah. yeah, not not too nice of a place.
1: For our honeymoon, we did end up staying at a really nice hotel in Beijing. But that was like an experience and it was our honeymoon. But, yeah, most of the time it's Airbnbs is where we try to go. Yeah. No hotels or anything fancy like that.
4: Gotcha. What's, what's been the most expensive car
0: you've purchased? So that would be, uh, and that was a year ago, an $11,000 2016 Chevrolet Cruze. That was our first vehicle.
1: Yeah. I haven't purchased a car. I've been given them from my dad. So no money so far.
4: Nice. Nice. So
0: what is not worth spending the money on?
1: For me, big wedding.
0: (laughs) Yeah. um, For me, I I don't spend a lot on... clothes. I mean, my wife will tell you, oh, gosh. I, I wear, I have about what, six, tech, six um, shirts from college, you know, those free shirts that have just been going Housing on
1: shirts. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And um, shorts from high school and, and just have the kind of the same clothes palette. So I, I don't know how much I've saved and just not buying stuff, uh, clothes and kind of material items like that. Um, the stuff from college that we both have, we kind of just use the heck out of it. Yeah. And um, anything that's given to us, you know, through wedding or whatnot, we just use it till it breaks and just continue to. Yeah. If we don't have to buy it, we don't buy it. And if it's given to us, um, it's fortunate. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. And and we'll just, we're going to, if we're going to use something, we're going to use it. (laughs) Don't spend
1: money on expensive vehicles either i think we kind of the cars that we have are going to run them down to like you know two hundred thousand miles or however long it can last
0: yeah that's also
1: another focus so there's kind of a lot of stuff to not spend money on
4: (laughs) is there an item or thing or experience or trip out there that that you do want to at one point in your life um
0: shoot i would love to buy a camper yeah and uh and travel just in a camper or an rv Go I check just, out the
1: national parks around the U.S.
0: Uh, yeah, I would love to invest a good portion of a nice, nice camper, RV, something like that, and, and that that would be that for me. Same. Awesome. What's what's roughly your
4: your annual household spending?
0: Outrageous because of the house, the massive house payment.
4: Well, if you if if you weren't if you weren't putting the extra toward the house, I mean, what's your what's your run rate basically on your expenses roughly? Shoot, uh, that's a good. Me I mean, that. how
1: much would our credit card bill be each month? Like four hundred, five hundred. It kind of helps with COVID, not having to pay for gas and other things, but. It- I would say
0: yearly thirty thousand. Okay. 30, yeah, if you're not counting in the house, because we don't have no car payments. Yeah, that that would be a rough guess right there.
4: Okay. And range of household income
0: through through your working lives. Oh, so it's gone. So right now it's about. One
1: hundred plus seventy. dollars
0: yeah, combined, and it, it was at you know one thirty when we kind of first got married. Nice, got great income, and so target age is being a millionaire. I mean, what do what you what do you project in there?
1: Ten
0: years, right? Yeah, uh, at least that when I first initially did that one point two, it was like I think I went down to the months ten years and nine months or something like that. <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah.
1: around 40, 40, like early forties.
0: Yeah, yeah. So twenty eight, we're looking thirty eight. 39, 40 years old. Awesome. Yeah. I think you're going to
4: get there a little sooner than you think given that, given that your income's where it is and, and the, uh, the, the net worth trend's already rolling, but we'll see. We'll have you on again in a couple of years when you
0: hit it. We would love to be on. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the, you know, I was curious of writing in an email because I feel like you only, you gotta be a millionaire.
4: <laughs> yeah, no, we've had, we've had a few on in And when we discuss this, you know, at at some of our intros, but a lot of our guests are not millionaires yet. I mean, our our listeners are not millionaires yet, and so they like to hear the stories of people well on their journey. And so we kind of made that mark around five hundred. We feel like that's kind of like somewhat of a critical mass. Like, hey, yeah, these people are gonna are gonna get there. The other unique thing too, and and we just can't remember if we released this one or not yet. But we've had our first one who was a couple years ago at five hundred, and now is a millionaire. So we've had that kind of move and you know and over two years now i've been doing this podcast and and been able to kind of track the portfolio and and it's crazy actually to see in his life the fundamental shifts in investments and what he's doing now now that he's kind of re- achieved that millionaire status of of you know critical mass and his investments and stuff and what what he's decided to do but so we'll, i'm sure we'll end up doing the same with y'all down the road since you're so young but is there any books or, or products that you would recommend that, that others might take a look at?
0: Yeah, um, I, I got a good list for you. For um, so uh, I only do audiobooks. It's the only way I could, I, I couldn't picture myself sitting down and reading. I wouldn't get anything done around the house. So just, you know, you're going to do the dishes, mow the lawn, audiobooks, and you would imagine you can go through a lot of books just that way. Um, I would highly recommend Common Sense Investing, John Bogle, um, Work Optional, Tanya Hester, um, Can't Hurt Me, David Goggins. I, I would, that's not really financial, but I would definitely uh, recommend that. Or ter- Mindset? Yeah, in, in terms of um, controlling your mind. Um, Simple Path to Wealth, of course. Uh, a Random Walk Down Wall Street. Um, I, re- I really enjoyed that one. But yeah, those are just a few of the ones I've, I've really liked or re- would recommend.
4: Oh, that's awesome! And and are there any products or tech tools that that's used
0: being millennials that help you?
1: Personal capital track
0: investment. Oh yeah, yeah. The um, the personal capital app, um, which I didn't realize so many people used it to track uh, your net worth and whatnot, and it's free. Yeah, it's just absolutely amazing. Um, don't go out there and buy all you know the ones they're trying to sell you on. Just use personal capital, and it's and
1: tracks just, everything for you and what you need to see.
0: Yeah. Is
4: there anything specifically that you're planning for for your newborn now that that you all have achieved this at such a young age that you want to instill, you know, going forward for for your family?
1: For sure. We've talked about this actually. For his like first birthday, you know, we have family that just amass so much toys for their kids and that's mm-hmm. really not a focus of ours. We don't want to stuff our, you know, large home with a bunch of toys. So, I think for his first birthday, we're going to you know ask people if they're going to invest or if they want to you know buy a toy actually invest that money into a 529 plan that we've set up so kind of just getting him set up for college or, or trade school um down the line we're starting that like right now
0: yeah we we set up the 529 and the two weeks within two weeks that he was born and, and we want to share that with our family and you know invest in yeah like amy said in the, but, yeah,
1: you, know, you go into buy his, some plastic toy, just
0: Yeah, you go into some homes and whatnot and it just gets overrun with toys and it's just we really want to try to be minimal minimalist in, in that aspect of it and teach him to be the same way mm-hmm. and kind of share with him some of this financial knowledge as well.
1: Unfortunately I have a, a nephew that's older, so we get a lot of hand me down clothes too, which has been yeah. awesome. Not having to spend money on clothes and a lot of baby items so far.
4: Yeah, totally. So just to wrap up here, what are some of the mistakes that you would caution others uh, to avoid and, and maybe couple that with some advice that you would give for somebody who's just starting out or, or, or maybe just beginning their journey?
0: Yeah, um, advice for me is, um, man, I wish when I got my first job um, out of high school, being a custodian, if I was just taking some of that paycheck and investing at eighteen, you know, 17, 18 years old to now, 10 years later, that would have been phenomenal. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do, what jo- it's all about time and how early you start in just, you know, learning the process that that would be my biggest, yeah. biggest thing.
1: Yeah, I agree. Educate yourself early and then start investing as soon as possible.
0: Awesome.
4: That's Brian and Amy, net worth of over $450,000. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank
0: you all. We're big fans of the show. It was pretty awesome.
2: Thanks for listening to the Millionaire's Unveiled podcast with Clark Sheffield and Chase Mattinson. For more stories, investment opportunities, and information, check out our website at millionairesunveiled.com. See you next time when you'll hear from another everyday millionaire.